0: Welcome to cosmetics your go-to girls for all things inner and outer beauty. You're joined, as always, by your hosts, Ella James and Caitlin Drey. Hey! Hi! What's up, Cosmichicks fam? Welcome back to another week, and this week we have a great episode lined up for you. As always, we're interviewing the expert, Dr. Ian Chinsey, who is one of the best breast cosmetic surgeons in Queensland. Now, this is a fun episode because not only did we learn about Dr. Chinsey's past dabble in the film director industry, but we also find out about the latest in anti-aging technology and what Dr. Chinsey is doing to offer a holistic beauty solution under one roof. And if you hang on to the end, then you may get access to some special pricing to go and visit an ego in Brisbane. (laughs) So we're here today in Brisbane with Dr. Chinzy in his beautiful clinic in Ego and Dr. Chinzy is actually not only a breast surgeon but he's recently opened up a beautiful skin and cosmetic clinic in Brisbane Mm -hmm. right across the road from the Carlisle Hotel which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Yeah, it's like the hottest area in Brisbane right now. (laughs) Oh yeah, the hot new clinic. So welcome to the show Dr. Chinzy, it's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thanks very much, guys. Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to, to doing a podcast with you for a little while. So it's been good to, to finally get to organize that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a long time coming for sure. I think the first time we chatted to Dr. Chinsey and actually met him was two years ago before the first COVID and we were chatting about doing a podcast mm-hmm. pre-COVID days. Yeah, yeah, it seems like
1: so long ago, you know, before all the lockdowns happened and, and life changed essentially.
0: <laughs> yeah, but even better yeah. now because we can talk about this beautiful new space and how you've mm-hmm. kind of changed and have all these new offerings
1: um what's interesting because i actually opened the clinic in 20 the end of 2020 so it was technically during the pandemic and melbourne or all of victoria was still basically locked down i think sydney was as well brisbane was a little bit more relaxed you know we only had about eight weeks of lockdown that year and then we were just open for business with some restrictions that's right I keep
0: forgetting that Queensland had it so easy compared to everywhere else in Australia (laughs) because you just locked everyone out (laughs) that's right now before we dive into things um we really just wanted to start with an introduction um about yourself and then how you got into this space
1: yeah it's um I'm basically a cosmetic surgeon. You know, I've been doing that for six years now. So this is my seventh year in practice, mainly a breast surgeon. I, I trained in medicine at UQ. So that was a four-year post program. Prior to that, I did my bachelor's degree at UCLA uh, in the States. I actually grew up in the US and um, and I've been in Australia now for about 20 years. So it's it's home, Brisbane's home. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what inspired you to get into
1: medicine? So my parents, <laughs> it, it was more about, uh, I guess, that was always something that I wanted to do was be a doctor, but I never really knew what, what they type of doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, even going into med school, I thought, you know, what, I'm really interested in how people think. Maybe I'll be a psychiatrist. And then my first psych term, I thought, this is not for me. Yeah. Uh, as so many as I, people say that. Yeah I? yeah, I think they think it's something different than than what it is yeah but the first time I did surgery I knew okay I like this I like doing things with my hands I like seeing that there's a result straight away
0: can I ask when at what point in med school do you actually first try surgery
1: well you learn how to to cut and stitch fairly early on Mm -hmm. you know you can depending on who your trainers are you might do a skin cancer or something simple like that um, mostly you train on on pig skin though which is mm. what we, we practice stitching on
0: even the thought of that makes me squirm <laughs> <laughs> definitely not meant to be a doctor they, they,
1: they used to say go to the butcher you know buy some pig's trotters and then you can make incisions practice and, home. and stitch yeah oh my that, that's god it. and that's what a lot of us who were serious about surgery did
0: that's so funny cause when we were working with the mint threads, whenever they did demonstrations, it would be in like a pig skin or something mm. like that. And I was yeah. like, Oh, it's so gross. But it, yeah, apparently it's really good to practice on. It
1: gives you a fairly accurate feel, but it's still this, not the same. Nothing's going to be the same as, you know, a the real a, thing. A patient. Yeah. A real yeah. Patient.
0: And we wanted to throw a little bit of an early curve at you. Mm. If you weren't a doctor, what would you be today?
1: This is really easy. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. I'd be a film director.
0: Ooh. Ooh, yeah. nice. I remember you've got history in yeah, acting yeah. or can you expand on that? Yes. Yeah,
1: so I, before I did medicine, I was an actor, mm-hmm. in, hence why I was in Los Angeles. So I was studying as well as working on a show called Boston Public there. And oh, I did oh, yeah. a couple indie films at the time too. Um, when I decided to do medicine, I thought, you know, I'm going to walk away from acting. I need something stable. Uh, I'm also going to get as far away from LA as possible because I think you can't spend too many years in that place. So I, that's why I came to Australia. And then when I got here, I thought I cannot really give up that, that passion. So I continued to do films through medical school. Uh, even afterwards, as I was working in the hospital system, I, I was I had some small roles in films. I actually produced a feature film and then I started directing short films and web series episodes. and. Yeah, I'm still working on stuff today. Really, uh, that's very you got cool.
0: anything coming up that we can watch?
1: Uh, I can talk to you a little bit about something. Actually, there's something coming out probably later this year on Netflix about stem cells. It's a stem cell documentary that okay. I was in. So I didn't produce that, but I was just in it playing myself. Um, I've got another project about colonizing Mars, which I've been working on for some time, which I'm I'm trying to get off the ground. So oh, that's right. Yeah. How yeah. exciting! Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. Do you see yeah, any so.
0: similarities? between surgery and acting (laughs) i hope not (laughs) i'm just curious because like is there anything any skills that you've learned from the two different industries that are still applicable today
1: i definitely have thought about this before and i think that how you conduct yourself in the operating theater versus how you are on set a lot of those skills are transferable so as the surgeon you're kind of leading the theater team when you do surgery uh, same on the film set. If you're the director, you need to coordinate all of these people. It's actually, I find directing a lot more stressful than surgery, because there's so many more moving pieces and, and things that that are not as important as, say, a human life. But to to everyone on that set, it's the most important thing in the world. And if you get one thing wrong and there's something you have to reschedule or you know you don't get a shot right or you lose a chance then it's less it's structured. All over. it's not yeah. like
0: you do this you do this
1: well that's it and, and you have to be a bit more adaptable I think mm. uh in film
0: and I suppose both are very creative as well so
1: certainly in the cosmetic space yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. oh well okay. what is one thing that no one knows about you
1: I don't know if there's something that no one knows, but I I guess something that few people might know is that I, uh, many years ago while I was in medical school, so I was uh, one of the state champions in ballroom dancing. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I I took that up when I started med school and I did did that for quite a few years and um, yeah, just just took to it quite naturally, so.
0: Man of all trades. Yeah, (laughs) do you get to do much of that these days?
1: Only at conferences.
0: And they go. oh, that's why you're always. Right. Oh, there's a conference tomorrow. You're gonna to be looking uh, at I don't moves? think. Uh, I
1: don't think you'll see any moves tomorrow.
0: <laughs> and so we wanted to sort of touch on a little bit today about your new clinic because obviously you're one of the best breast surgeons in Queensland, but now you've gone and opened this beautiful skin clinic, offering a sort of holistic approach to beauty. Mm. So we wanted to chat about what actually inspired you to make that move into skin and beauty as well.
1: Well, to be honest, I I thought mainly about myself aging and getting older and I'm like, what can I do for myself to, to look younger or to, you know, to be younger? And I wanted to offer my patients the same thing. I know that the the cosmetic surgery is sort of in its infancy where people are looking at Botox and filler and it's just kind of getting to that point where it's generally accepted by, you know the general public knows about it mm. and they think this is all I need to, to stay young and people end up overdoing it with the toxin, with the filler and, and you know, you've seen the results of that. So I thought, you know, what is the way to do it? Stay looking natural and really treat the whole body as opposed to just spot treating things. And so that's sort of where that was born out of. I think of it like, you know, you need to look after your physical health and your mental health, you can't just do one little thing. So um, I wanted to offer the full suite of treatments Mm, that I thought would be useful.
0: And can you walk us through what those suite of treatments are for looking after the body and beauty?
1: Yeah, so I certainly think number one is skin, which is in a lot of cosmetic clinics, it's overlooked. People think I'm going to jump straight to something a little bit more aggressive without getting the skin right, without Mm -hmm. getting the complexion, you know, pigmentation and redness, all of that under control first.
0: Well, that's also part of going somewhere. I feel somewhere cheaper, whether you're sort of price hunting Mm -hmm. is they just stick it in you and that's the transaction. It's not actually... Often the customer experience isn't chatting to them about Mm -hmm. what they need and starting with the skin and yeah We couldn't agree more. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I think a lot of the times people will go to a place and say This is what I want and it might not be right for them Or it might not be right at that time and Mm. something else is going to be better to start with and so we always for someone coming in who wants to start a skin journey or a beauty journey we have consultations either with myself or a dermal therapist or the nurse and then we'll sort of put together a plan and say this is what we can do and then this is what we do next and and sort of goes from there. So it, it truly is a journey.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it's um, what you said before about focusing. Like I think there is a bit of a stigma when you think of the anti-aging or the cosmetic enhancement industry. Mm. Instantly it's either just anti-wrinkle or fillers. Um, whereas, yeah, something we've learned is it really should be that customized approach where you know there is a world where actually looking after your skin is going to get you a much better result than actually putting volume into your face or getting rid of the wrinkles.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm. And and the other thing too that I that I like is skin tightening. A lot of people, you know, everyone's going to get some skin laxity as they get older. Just that's just the way it goes. But you cannot fix that by filling it up because skin stretches and you can just fill it, you know, till the cows come home and it's not going to do what you want. You need to look at other modalities. And so, um, that's why, you know, I, I've invested a lot of, in a lot of devices that do these things. And I think they do them in a, a gentle, but effective way. So downtime is a really big consideration that I have as well, cause I'm busy. And I know that a lot of the patients and clients are busy. They don't want to spend a week, you know, at home hiding because mm-hmm. of a treatment they've had.
0: Could you just give us like a broad overview of actually all the treatments that you have on offer for that skin tightening and rejuvenation? Sure.
1: So everything that I have for those purposes is pretty much a radio frequency technology.
0: Mm, So we noticed that the theme of radio frequency. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: And, And I like radio frequency because it's proven, it's effective. It's been used for a long time in lots of devices. I think the, the newer technology coming through takes that uh, radio frequency and just makes it a little bit safer by having more temperature monitoring, uh, more targeted application of that heat energy that it's using to promote collagen stimulation and, and, uh, and the tightening. So um, And there's no downtime. You know, there's, well, there's hardly any downtime. There might be a bit of redness, let's say, if you've had microneedling mm. versus just bulk RF application to the skin where you're simply heating the, the tissues.
0: Yeah, well, Ella had a, a course of RF today, and it doesn't even look like you've had anything done. We've got yeah. a little bit of oxygenetics on, yeah. but we yeah. always take it with us. Yeah, in my purse.
1: <laughs> and, and you've you've had uh, RF needling before, haven't you? I have previously, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think of it as a treatment?
0: I think it's great. The results are amazing. Mm. It does really... Uh, make the skin plumper and more dewy and clear Mm. I haven't done a full like I haven't even done four treatments in a row of it so I would love to see what it looks like I don't know if I could go through it though it is full disclosure it is a little bit on the painful side but it is worth it yeah it's worth the results the skin looks incredible and it works deeper than your normal average skin needling pen Mm. so just more of that Collagen production and stimulation. Yep. Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask Dr. Jinzi that question. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would you compare? You can that long. to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you've got all the experience now. <laughs> how would you actually compare it to just normal needling? Yep.
1: So normal needling does the, the mechanical trauma side of things. And if you do that, if you're creating little uh, micro traumas in the skin, your body's going to heal that and as it heals it you know you're going to get more collagen you're going to get a, a bit of tightening and and better i guess texture to the skin just from that alone with the rf needling you get those microtraumas from the needle itself but you also get heat so when the needle goes into the skin it delivers a radiofrequency pulse in the deeper tissue which you can't get from anything else so you're not going to get that heat you know under the skin mm-hmm. you can apply it to the surface in some cases but with the needling, you get the micro trauma, physical micro trauma, and then the thermal trauma as well. So, would you
0: expect to see a better result from RF?
1: Definitely, yeah. So, you you'll see a better result, and I guess you you'll get there quicker than if you were to just do normal needling. Normal needling yeah.
0: And how many sessions is recommended?
1: So, usually three to four. So, um, for microneedling is what we start people on. It'll be three or four treatments spaced about a month apart Mm. and for someone who's never had any radio frequency that's a good starting point yeah you don't necessarily need to do it you know every every month but you do your session or your three sessions and then you could do it again next year for maintenance okay cool. i think it's one of those things that you do have to keep up because we're all still aging, yeah. and we can't stop that yet. Though we're working on it, mm. so there's some exciting stuff coming. But yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, I think there's a lot of move towards that side of things now, not just treating the the symptom, but actually freezing, stopping them. it at the source.
0: Gosh, I hope that happens in our lifetime. Yeah. No, I hope it happens in my twenties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid we're going you know, look any older than 25. Oh, the technology's come through we're already in our 40s. Too late, babe. Oh,
1: thanks. Yeah, it's too, too late. <laughs> in our 40s. I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> so what does pursuing a bespoke beauty journey look like at ego?
1: So it involves coming in and speaking to someone. So as I mentioned earlier, either myself or, or the dermal therapist would probably be the first point of call. And... Just talking about the concerns, first of all, because a lot of people have a specific concern that they want to fix. Uh, But then, you know, we look at that and say, all right, this is one aspect of what you want to do and how can we build it into a global improvement, I suppose, if if you're talking about the face or or even the body, it's the same thing. Someone has a bit of loose skin on their abdomen post-pregnancy and we can say, all right, uh, this is how we can address that issue along with that comes certain other issues which you might have and we explore that and they say oh yeah actually I also have you know incontinence after I've had my kids and Mm -hmm. this is something I've always wanted to deal with and you know that comes down to pelvic floor um, and then we go into core treatment so it's all related and we look at how their specific problem or concern is related to everything else.
0: It's really nice that you have such a variety of treatments because then it really does become that one-stop shop where all the concerns can be treated and a solution is kind of ready mm. i note that you guys have iv drips and stuff here as well how do you actually integrate that with treatment
1: yeah it, the the iv drips are probably the one thing we can't truly integrate a lot of people come just for their their vitamins um so myers cocktail is probably the most popular thing that we do uh, for, for IV treatments, and people are used to having it, they may have had it somewhere else, and they think, you know, what? I feel really good, I feel really energetic after I have it, so I'm just going to go in and have that. We don't typically tie them into to anything else, it's mm. really just for, you know, if you want a little bit of a, an energy a boost. A bit of a kick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we all want that. Yeah. <laughs> And I wanted to touch on the treatment that I tried today. Yeah. Um, So whilst Ella was having her RF needling, I was very lucky to have a session of the M-Sculpt Neo, Mm. which I don't know why you wake up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym because (laughs) I woke up this morning at 6 and I was like, I could go for a run and I'm also about to do 20,000 sit-ups today. So there's just no (laughs) point. Um, Yeah.
1: I love the Neo. Yeah, it's incredible. It's
0: Could it... you explain what this treatment is and who it's for? Yeah,
1: so the M-Sculpt Neo is basically, uh, at its core, a muscle building device. But the Neo refers to, again, it's got radio frequency in it. So in the applicator, you get a an electromagnetic field that's generated. That's what's stimulating your muscles to contract. And, and as you say, you know, 20,000 contractions in one session which is half an hour it also applies radio frequency heat to the skin mm-hmm. that heat not only treats the skin laxity but it also goes deeper to the fat so uh, if you get the fat to a certain temperature those cells are gonna self-destruct essentially and then your body clears them away so you're gonna get fat reduction from it um, it also primes the muscle for hyperplasia so when you get the the muscle contraction it's going to not only build bigger muscle it's going to build more muscle cells you get kind of a dense a denser muscle from that so so the heat selectively heats each layer to the temperature that it should be ideally and that gives you a much better result
0: and i had it on my abdomen Mm. but can you can you have it in different areas of the body
1: yeah yeah so the m sculpt uh, applicators that it comes with it does the abs. You can do glutes. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are doing this now for a non-surgical BBL because, you know, I don't know if you know much about Brazilian butt lifts. Very dangerous. Yeah. I would never one. in, in 3,000 yes. yeah. yeah. So, and I think a lot of people, uh, rightly so, are moving away from, from doing it God, surgically.
0: God, they look good, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, not if you can get it on the M-Sculpt neither. Yeah. 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 So,
1: I mean, I, I don't think you're ever going to get some of those results you can get from the surgery, but you know, it's certainly safer and you can get a a good result from it. Um, You can also do your thighs, inner and outer thighs. You can do your arms. They've got some new applicators coming soon to do your your love handles. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually heard about those. (laughs) Might have to try for a friend. (laughs) How many treatments would somebody need of the Neo to see results and like, what results do you expect to see?
1: Well, with the Neo, you are supposed to do one treatment a week for four weeks, and that constitutes an entire treatment. Again, this is something that I say you could do once a year because there's been a lot of clinical studies on the machine that show the results you get from it last about 12 months. So Mm -hmm. so you literally could do it once a year. Your results probably appear three or four weeks after your final treatment. And it's gonna be very different depending on your starting point. So if you're someone who's really fit already, you know, even if you can see some definition, you get some abs, you're gonna get more definition and you're gonna get thicker muscles there, but it might not be as shocking as someone who has that little bit of a fat layer that you know, once it's gone, then they start to see abs for the first time. Mm. Um, the, the actually uh, amazing thing about it that uh, has been found in one of the papers, is it also treats visceral fat. So that's the fat behind the muscle that everyone wants to get yeah, rid of Yeah, and
0: everyone says you can't get rid of it. Exactly. So the Neo is treating that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's, you know, diet and exercise is, is the only thing. And that's what I tell patients who have that issue. But, you know, with the Sculpt Neo, you can actually kickstart that process a little bit sure. and reduce that fat.
0: We've got an LED at our house at the moment. I'm thinking we should get one of these devices too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then chatting a little bit more broadly in terms of trends, mm-hmm. obviously you're, you've are you got an ear in the surgical world and the non-surgical yeah. world. What is the latest trends, I guess, across both? What are you seeing? And what's next?
1: Oh, so that, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I would say surgically um, what I'm seeing is and, and this is sort of limited to breast surgery, of course, but it's the the same look. Uh, when I ask people, you know, what do you want to to change about your breasts, or what do you want them to look like, it's the same sort of thing. You know, they want the close cleavage, they want the upper fullness, what I call the insta look. That's that's <laughs> what everyone wants. Institutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because you know you can get the the widest range of of people coming in with. You know, either they're, they're flat chested and they've been flat chested all their life or they have big heavy breasts or empty breasts from breastfeeding and everyone wants the same result. So one of my, I guess, my challenges is creating that result from almost any canvas. Mm. That's um, I suppose my own personal challenge. A lot of people will say you can't do it and what I say to myself is I want to find a way to do it. Because, That's a
0: fun challenge. Yeah
1: and it's difficult you know and sometimes I have to say I just cannot you know get this result but Mm. uh, but it's good looking at different techniques and different ways in which you can I guess advance the field a little bit Um, but when it comes to non-surgical trends I feel like it's whatever's on TikTok at the moment that
0: uh, are you on TikTok
1: personally I have an account but to be honest I never look at the the app
0: we're trying to crack TikTok yeah (laughs) it's tough yeah it's difficult
1: yeah I think I'm uh, you know, that ship has sailed for me. I'm just too old to <laughs> to relate. But, um, but you know, the, the things we talked about previously, like the micro needling, that's becoming really big now. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing a lot of celebrities doing that. Or, you know, maybe they've been doing it for years, but they're now just starting to publicize. This mm. is what I do to look after my skin.
0: There is such a common thread in people, like different people we've spoken to in this industry Mm. that always come back to microneedling as a really good preventative Mm. aging method. And then you see people that have done it for the last 20, 30 years. My mom has been doing it religiously once a month for years now. How old is she again? Oh, she (laughs) would kill me if I said that. (laughs) But she looks like 20 years younger than she is because it's just her skin's Mm. integrity just looks so healthy. Mm. So... Do you, having um, insight into both surgical and non-surgical, would you say that people are moving more towards non-surgical or like minimally invasive options?
1: I'd say for the face, definitely. Mm-hmm. Be- because, you know, it used to be that if you wanted anything done on your face in terms of skin tightening, it was get a facelift. Mm. And, you know, that's, it's big surgery. There's big scars. There's potential for lots of complications. So I think now that there's more technology out there that can do, You know, close to what surgery can do. Or if you start early enough and you just continue to do it, as you say, religiously and regularly, then you might not ever need to get to that point.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel like the key is starting young so if you're listening lots of spf and skincare and skin treatments mm-hmm. very important um, yeah well that was yeah all the questions we had today thank you cool. so much for joining us we had such a great time chatting about all things cosmetics we really covered the whole wheelhouse today so, yeah thank yeah. you
1: guys I'm, I'm so glad you could make it to brisbane finally and, and see the clinic and uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed your time here.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful space. Um, it was a very special experience. We're very grateful to come in and actually try a treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I feel like this is just such a one of the nicest clinics we have it's been beautiful. in and visited. Like yes. every touch point was so well thought through and so luxe. So you've done Thank an you. incredible job. Thank so you so much. Anyone who is listening and either lives up in Queensland or is visiting, you have to come in and I'm um, booking for an appointment because it's just such an overall beautiful experience. All right, guys, and to wrap up, Dr. Chinzi has generously offered our audience a special discount on Morpheus 8 treatments. So if you purchase a singular treatment, you'll receive 10% off. And if you purchase a four pack of treatments, then you will receive 20% off. All you have to do is mention Cosmetics when you're booking and he will look after you guys. So thank you for listening to Cosmetics.